Amen. Well, it is great to be together this morning. And I was told I say that all the time. So it's excellent to be together with you this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we are the Burlington Church of Christ. We, uh, we meet here every Sunday, right? We, we occasionally get out of this location to go, you know, celebrate God's Word somewhere else. But uh, if you're interested, please come back and join us. If you notice on your seat... There's, there's two in, invites here. One is for our Easter service, and then you have another, which just is a little more information about us as a church. And if you're a member, you know, you may want to hang on to these, because I'm sure you can give them to somebody else. Um, but if you've got a Bible this morning, you want to turn over to John chapter 5. And the title of this morning's sermon is, The Place to Get Well. The place to get well, you know, and so I do want to I want to welcome our kids because we have more kids in the audience this morning uh, than we normally have uh, as far as got our, our Kevin Fever Festival. We only have the little ones in room in the class today. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind. But we're going to look at John five and we're going to just take a look at the actions of Jesus. But not only his actions, the message behind it as well, his, his heart that's going on and, and what he's doing. So in John chapter 5, oh, excuse me, I opened a first John. I had my tab in the wrong place. In John chapter 5, we're going to start in, in verse 2. And Jesus is in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so it starts in verse 2 with this. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now, depending on uh, which translation you might have, if, if you're reading from... Uh, maybe it's a, a Holman Christian Bible. One of the, the scriptures that what you won't see uh, in like the NIV or a few others is there's there's one verse in there or a verse and a half really that is is looked at and people go ah, we feel like we can't be certain that this was in the original manuscripts and so you have an annotation probably at the bottom of your bottom of your page that tells you that there was an angel or that commonly they believed that. At this specific pool where they were, an angel would come down and he would stir the waters or he would trouble the waters. And, and when the water was troubled, whoever would first get into the pool would be healed of whatever ailment they had. Right? And so this, this is documented just uh, in a few places, even outside of, of some of the Christian manuscripts as well. But this was an incredible thing. So what ended up happening is this place became a spot where all of the, the paralyzed, the lame, the, the misbegotten toys kind of a thing, right? The people would go to wait 
for the troubled water. Just to have the opportunity to get into it. And so this man who, who Jesus goes and, and finds there has been sick for a long time. 38 years. Right? I mean, nearly 40 years of his life. And, and that was either most of, maybe even all of his life. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing this man is going to be over, you know, 72 or 76 years old. That's, that's pretty old. Right? So I don't... It's, most of his life he's been this way. And so it's, it's by this pool that Jesus finds this man who's been disabled. And Jesus' first response was to ask him if he wanted to get well. Which I find an interesting question right off the bat. Uh, because here's this man sitting by this pool where miracles are known to happen... And people, are, people have been waiting to be healed. And Jesus is going, well, do you want to get well? If that question was posed to you, don't you think you'd be like, yeah, I want to get well? I mean, it would be kind of a given that, of course, I want to get well. So to me, it seems like, well, no, duh, Jesus, why ask that question? But Jesus has always has a great purpose for doing anything. You know, I've never had an Ill- illness like this. But I can try to put myself in that man's place. And if people are in a challenging situation for a long time, people, we, can lose hope. Right? Even if, even if there is hope, even if it's like right there next to us, we can still lose hope sometime. Because it's just like, I just can't get there. And it can be so close... You guys get what I'm saying? Anybody can feel that way or can understand how that's true? People can lose hope after long periods of, of suffering or trials. And they can intellectually acknowledge, well, of course there's hope. But in themselves, they can also just forget that or their heart can lose that. You know, and so for this man... It seems to me that he very likely, he felt trapped. Very, quite possibly hopeless. You know, I believe Jesus asked this question to help him reconnect with hope. To rekindle a little bit of faith in the man. Because even by asking the question, do you want to get well? You have to answer the question in yourself. To yourself. Yes. And if it's been that way for a long time, you know... You may have just gotten used to, well, this is just how I am, right? And she's saying, but it doesn't have to be, right? Even by asking that question, the implication is, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Which is so cool that one of Jesus' first things, the first question he's going to ask this man is to really try to inspire hope in him, inspire faith in him. You know, we got some kids. Kids, have you ever seen another kid at school get picked on? Yeah? Anybody ever been that kid that got picked on? That was me. Alright. I've shown you guys, some of you, some pictures. There's good reason why I got picked on. I was told that my, my ears looked uh, like a cab with the stores open at one point. I grew into my ears. Praise God. You know, but, um, you know, it's when you're at, at school, kids... When you see somebody getting picked on, 
How do you think that person feels about it? You know, to be told that they're, they're different or to make fun of them, to laugh at them at their expense, to tell them, you aren't as good as I am, or for them to be told that they're less than someone else. You know, and here Jesus sees these people that are essentially, in this community, they're treated that way, that they're less than. And his response is to show up and try to add, to bring relief in their life, to help them, to love them. And so what Jesus would do in your school is he would show up and he would love those kids that are a little bit different than you. Or he would show up and he would help the kids that are being made fun of. He wouldn't, he wouldn't just sit quietly as they, they are mistreated. He would show up and help them. That's what Jesus would do if he were there. Right? You know, the right thing to do is to help them. Try, if you can, to become their friend. And that may not always be an easy thing, but really doing that and loving somebody like that can really give them hope. And love a kid that sometimes can feel really alone. Right? And, and our schools these days, to the parents, we know our schools these days, tragic things are happening in our schools. Kids are, are losing their lives and taking their lives in different occasions. And this is where I think it's important we make a point to know and teach our kids that, hey, we want to be those who give hope and bring hope and find those who are hurting even. Because that's, that's what Jesus would do. Right? And I think we, let's teach our kids those same lessons. That, that this is the place to get well, really is, this is the place to, to find the strength to get out and do that. We want to teach our kids that as well. Amen? Amen. You know, for the adults, there are two easy things that I would say we can take away from Jesus' example in this story. The first one is that there is always going to be help and hope with Jesus. Amen. Which is incredible. There will always be help and hope with Jesus. When I, when I pull this out of the scripture, what do you mean? What do you see? Jesus shows up to a man who's been an invalid. He's, he's, he's been disabled for 38 years. I can't even... Like, anybody ever have, like, a, even more recently, had the flu... And, or been like, okay, now, I, I finally, I used to wonder, like, how can somebody feel like I just, I just want to, I, I, I want my life to be over. Because I'm in so much misery or so much pain. Um, I remember, it's been several years, but I remember having a few moments of having a really bad flu. And I was like, okay, I sort of understand. And that was like for two, three days. I was like, I sort of understand. I don't know what it was, but... <laughs> You know, I just felt like, man, that's just being like, that's just being sick. And so, I feel like when you look at this man's life, for 38 years he's been in this condition. Going, can I get better? Can I get better? Hope is right there, but I can't get into the waters. And, and I think it's a cool thing that, I, I think that God's going to trouble the water. I think that this is this could very well be like 
Look what that song comes from, right? It's saying, God's going to trouble the water, so wade in the water, like get in the water, be healed. Uh, It's an incredible idea in the story to think about when you sing that. It's going, hey, wade in that water, be healed. Right? And with Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's been... Maybe there's something you've been struggling with for a long time. Maybe it's, it's you feel like, I've been out of work for a long time. Maybe you've had, you've had a sickness that's just weighing on you. There's issues of depression and anxiety. And, and these are illnesses. They're, they weigh on people and hurt people. And people can lose hope. But there is never not hope with Jesus. There's always going to be hope. And no, no matter where you are at this point in your life, just knowing that is, is an incredible thing to acknowledge. That Jesus is going to be there. Short time or long. This life or the next. So don't lose hope in what God's trying to do in your life. If you're struggling with something, don't give up the fight. Stay there. Do you want to get well? It's a question we want to ask ourselves. That's, that's the first point. The second is, we're sometimes, with Jesus, the second is, we are sometimes the hope and the help that's being sent by Jesus. See, as I said before, the first one is, there's always hope with Jesus. And He's going to show up and help you. But the second one is, sometimes we are that role. Because Jesus is no longer, you know, physically walking around this world, showing up, He's not going to show up at the pool here at the Hilton and go and heal somebody, right? He's in, in, in the physical form. Sometimes we now are the ones, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? And so when you consider that we are the body of Christ, we get to be the ones that show up and to serve and to help and to love. You know, Jesus was there to lift people up. We're here to lift people up, to give people hope, to help people heal, right? That's the, that's the role of the church, the role of the body. And if the church, if we live out, and I don't just mean us in, in Burlington, I mean the church as, as a whole, think throughout the world. If we stand up and do all we can, truly, to love like we're called to love, we help end or relieve a lot of the pain and the suffering and the turmoil that goes on in our world, don't we? You know? And that's, that's our call. That's what Jesus did. That's what's amazing, His love and His compassion. And that's who we want to be and, try, and strive to be as a church. Amen? Amen. And I think it's a call higher of what more can we strive to do to love our community and help those who are hurting and in need. Right? Maybe, maybe God is putting it on your heart for you to be that person to go, I want to lead the charge in helping make sure we are serving our community. Please do. Take that role on your shoulders and run. Let's, let's run with that. Maybe God's talking to you about doing that role. You know, but Jesus' life was dedicated to this preaching the kingdom to helping and to healing. You know, I'm proud of our teens. So... Our teens, they wanted, to, they wanted to run a bake sale this year. They wanted to run the bake sale that we're doing. And, and for the last couple of years, or to help with it, right? And so the, the last couple of years, we've, we've given those donations to like the family room or the Howard Center and a place like that. But this year, what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise money for Hope Youth Corps. 
And I hope Youth Corps is an awesome thing because what it does is these kids are going to take a multi-week service project uh, and, and it's anywhere from high school to college age students, but they'll go and serve in an underprivileged community, whether it's an inner city like Philadelphia, Baltimore, Los Angeles, um, or at sites of where there's been major disasters like, like um, Haiti or in Houston. It's places where these, these kids want to go and serve. And I think that's awesome that they want to do that. And because it changes you to be able to see real poverty in a way that most of us have never really seen or been exposed to. Right? I'm proud that our, our teens have the heart that they want to go and do that. You know, and I think that's a testament to a lot of you parents and the ways that you're raising your kids. So, uh, amen. I mean, teaching them to love and lead in that way. So I encourage you, if you're a little bit hungry today, during the, the stuff, you know, grab a snack from them. Grab something to eat. You know, and if, if you want to make a donation, if you're not hungry and you just want to make a donation, go for it. I mean, it's just giving these, chance, giving these kids some help to be able to get out there and serve and love like Jesus. You know, but Jesus' life was dedicated to setting the example of kingdom living, of helping, of healing, and so, we ourselves seek to follow His example, to find strength of being healed ourselves. Not physically, but spiritually. And so, for myself, I think back to what I've been healed of, what Jesus healed me of, right? And He healed me of my, my sin. He helped me see my pride. He revealed it in me. Um, and ask me the question, ultimately, do I want to get well? Do I want to get rid of that? And I do. And so I'd ask you that today. Do you want to get well if you're stuck in some of that? In many ways, uh, I was asked that question. I took months studying the Bible with these guys, but I came to realize God's love for me and how His love was made so obvious through the cross. And if you've never studied out the cross, I want to encourage you to do that. If you've, never, if you've never sat down and studied out the scriptures that way to really know, hey, what's so powerful about the cross? Then I encourage you to ask somebody who's invited you or ask one of the members, let's set up some Bible studies. We'll dig into the scriptures with you. We're a church that believes in digging into the Bible. Because the cross is one of the most powerful, is the most powerful example of Jesus, of God's love for us. And it, I, it, it works on me to give me strength through challenging times. It gives me hope and it gives me strength through, through times of challenge. And sometimes that challenge is simple stuff, whether it just be patience in my house when my kid is screaming, right? Or times of suffering when I lose family members. Right, And so, for us, we're going to take some time to reflect on the cross right now. We're going to take communion together. And we're going to do so, but it's not something we do idly. It's something that we do with careful consideration. And if you take communion, I encourage you to reflect on what you have been healed of and the hope that you've been given. And I pray that you will consider maybe even how you can encourage and provide strength through the strength you've been given from Jesus. So, 
We're going to pray together at this time and take uh, a little bit of bread and some juice to remember the body and blood of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for Jesus. Uh, the fact that you came, you died, you suffered, you lived a perfect life, and you didn't deserve to be treated the way you were. And yet you did it because you loved me. And you loved us. Pray that today we can reflect on what we've been healed from, whether it be physically or spiritually. Inspire us, give us strength. Let the, the rest of the day go amazing. But we love you, God. We give thanks to you and praise to you for your body and your blood. Amen.